forgot to get water. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. You just go DNVR when you sign up for a new account. I'm your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley and Blaze Hunter. I'm not going to beat around the bush with this one. That was a terrible loss. The Avs completely blew it and uh, not okay. <laughs> you cannot play half of a hockey game and expect to win a hockey game is pretty much the short answer to this one. And the thing is, the Avs had every ability to win this hockey game, up to nothing, roughly halfway through the game. Every and... ability. <laughs> what? You disagree? No, I mean, yeah, they had every ability to. Yeah. They didn't? I imagine that's why people are so pissed off right now. <laughs> and, I mean... I don't see how you can be okay with the loss. Yeah, I mean you're you're up you're, you're down 3-2 halfway through the third period against Minnesota. It kind of gets away from me at the end. 6 to 2 isn't totally representative of how that game went. You feel like you played a you feel like you played well. And it just sort of it just sort of goes the other way. You feel like you, you played a decent two like, periods. You're yeah. like, you know what? That that sucked. But you shrug it off. It was it got away from you at the end. And that happens to a couple teams. You know, it happens to good teams, it happens a couple times every year. To bad teams, it's life in the third period. But when that happens to you twice you in to, a week. <laughs> well, then you go to Arizona, you kind of get right, you do what you gotta do. You you pound you pound a team that doesn't belong on the same ice with you. You go on the road to play against a team that you've beaten pretty easily twice already this year. You're up to nothing. You you've played okay, but defensively you've gotten bailed out by your goaltenders a couple of times. Yep. On some breakaways that were not really all that competitive. They shot it right into them, and it was like, yeah. You got a two nothing lead. You don't care. You you know, Makar, Byram, no injury and no no need to have an injury conversation tonight. You have a two nothing lead halfway through the game. You should be one more game and we're and and, and you're you're or one I'm sorry, one more goal and you're game's over. Yeah. You're shutting it down. You know, you're even then at two nothing, you don't need to take a ton of chances. You don't need to pinch every at every at every chance. You know, you play you play it a little more on the conservative side. And they just didn't do any of those things. It looked like they got up two nothing and they were like, All right, these guys suck. We got this. We're we, two points are already in our back pocket. We already have this. I'm not I'm not a big uh, I'm not a big I'm not a big effort guy. Well, you know, blame the effort because it's not really on us to, to tell other people how hard they've tried to do things. We aren't them. We aren't living their lives, any of that, but you could see it. And yeah. I'm just they looking at the it down. They shut it down. The, the, the difference between the second period and the start of the third period 
you don't have to call it effort if you don't want to, but San Jose came to play in the third period on a level that the Avs just didn't bring at the start of it. And it started on the very first shift against your top guys. Like Nathan McKinnon's supposed to be your, you know, he's, he's Galactus. He eats worlds. That's his food. He just destroys planets. And the dude, the, the very first shift in the third period, they give up a quality scoring chance immediately to Evander Kane. And with with Nathan McKinnon losing Kane in the in the in the uh, in the defensive zone, right in front of his own net, like three feet yep. away from Grubauer, like I didn't I didn't think I didn't think uh, that uh, Grubauer had a particularly good game here, and this was our concern. What does it What does it look like when Grubauer comes back to Earth? How hard does he come back to Earth? Is it eight eighty? Is it eight seventy? Or is it like a nine ten? Right now, it's all of the regression has come back in the last week. Like this, your top guys, your top guys are just as much for fault as the Dan Renuff, Ryan Graves, Connor Timmins, Jacob McDonald on defense. Like great, but like Nathan McKinnon was arguably your worst player tonight. I think I'm going to go with Graves for worst player of the night. Honestly, <laughs> freaking pick one, man. Yeah, Good, I don't even know how you could pick one. There were so many guys that played like shit. Oh, there was like some. they they dominated. They were dominating the second period. Yeah, the second goal happens. A bad play from Jost and Graves in the neutral zone, and then Belmar loses his guy defensively. And even though it's an open look right in front of the net, like it's not that competitive of a shot. It's not a great shot. It gets through group hours, and it's, and it's just like. It was like the whole team was just like, dang, we were kicking ass, and then they scored. I didn't know that was allowed to happen. <laughs> Are you talking about and, that five-hole shot? Yeah, and then the fir- their first goal. And then yeah. after that, they, it was just like the game totally flipped. You, It just felt like they're going to lose this game. Yeah, It felt like they completely packed it in emotionally after that goal against. And that was it, dude. It, like, they – I don't <sighs> – there doesn't need to be like a come to Jesus conversation or anything. I just, but <laughs> like, you, you fall that's the apart. Worst loss of the season. You, yeah. you fall apart and you drop a game five two. Maybe you get a pass for that once. You do it twice in a week. Cannot be acceptable. And and I have no doubt the F's know that. I'm sure when. Evan comes on the show later. He's going to give us a bunch of one word responses that the Avs gave in their interviews because they're not happy about it, but you got to find a way to, (laughs) you don't even have to find a way. You just have to play hockey properly when you're up to nothing halfway through the game, I guess not quite halfway, but you're up to nothing in the second period. You just play solid hockey and you win that game. You certainly don't give up six unanswered goals. Tonight, yeah, tonight, like, why were they running the offense through the defense? Like, everything was going to the point, shooting, getting blocked. No change of game whatsoever from the abs or Bednar. Like, at some point, you have to realize that that's not working. You don't have your two top offensive players back there, and you need to switch it up and maybe cycle out of the corner or something along those lines because they were just stacking the box again and just hitting players. I 
honestly, I don't know if the Avs know what else to do when their top line is as stymied as it was tonight. Yeah. No, I'm I'm gonna disagree. I know that this is a common, I'm, I know this is a common thing for people to, to complain about from the Avs. Rudo, I'm sending you this right now. Okay, but if you look at it, it's just not where their shots are coming from. No, like some of them, yeah, and you can you can make the argument that too many of them. But it's not like this was heavy. This was this was was a heavy issue tonight for me. Okay, they had I you know they had they had eleven high danger chances tonight. That's that's chances right in front of the net. That's chances yeah. right in home plate. Like look at that. Look at where those blue spots are. That's right in front of Martin Jones. It, that instead of it, instead of that being dark blue, it should just say I, Nazem Kadri. I, I Kadri did have seven shots on goal tonight, but this- I. I think it's it's a bit of a crutch for the Avs. I, I would actually agree with you, particularly when the Avs were playing well. I think they generated a ton of opportunities in there. But we saw the Avs get down 3-2 early in the third period, and what happens? Oh, all right, start firing pucks from outside. Lean on Ryan Graves' shots. Lean on that type of thing. <laughs> it It's a lot more noticeable when they're doing it in the critical part of the game where the next goal is likely to decide what's going to happen. I'll put it that way. So, I hear you. I, I I do think, and I go back to minute two of this game, Logan O'Connor has a literal open net that he just shanks it on. Yeah, and, you know, I don't even, for me, for me, all of the problems, all of the problems that I have a real issue with start after the 2 nothing lead. Because sure. the babe, Logan O'Connor muffs an open net, they, you know, JT Comfer has an open look from the slot. Like all these things happen in the first period. None of it matters. They walk in with a they 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 end up with a two nothing lead. They walk out of the first period leading one nothing. They, you know, they're feeling you're feeling good. Like the sharks, the sharks pushed a little bit at the end of the first period, and you're like, okay, like this is gonna be a game. But then they're up two nothing. All all that other garbage aside, you're up two nothing. Uh-huh. This is the same thing as when I was at uh, when we were talking about the, the game seven loss against Dallas. At the end of the day, you have a four three lead in the final four minutes of the third period. You can't handle it. You got a two nothing lead against San Jose. You just get you just get fat and happy. Tonight tonight's the first time all season long where I felt like they just they got self satisfied. They started feeling good about themselves and they said, "All right, we got this one." And they played they played lazy selfish, ineffective NHL hockey. You can't you can't play that solo shit in the NHL and get away with it. You got a two nothing lead because you played as a five man unit. You built your you built your lead. You built your success because you're because because you played as a team. Because you played as a group. You stuck to your system. You did what you do. You play to your identity. This isn't this isn't a typical California team shuts down Colorado. San Jose traded chances with the Avs tonight. That should be in the Avs' wheelhouse. You should be dreaming about a team wanting to trade chances with you. What's the number one thing that we talk about with this team and how this division, oh, it's such a misfit because all the teams just want to just wanna gear it down and they want to muck it up and they want to grind it out and they want to hit and they want to do all those things that the Avs don't want to do. San Jose doesn't do that shit anymore. They're not good enough to. They want to trade chances because it's the only way they can counterpunch. None of their defense is any good. 
They don't have a single guy on their defense that's any good on defense anymore. It's all a bunch of overpaid old baddies. And we saw that tonight. Mark Edward Vlasic sucks. I don't know how or when it happened, but he's terrible. And he got shown and just put on skates by Gerard playing horrible defense. And what did what did San Jose do to, to get it back, to get back into things? They traded chances. They were happy to. I have no idea why, but for one night anyway, it worked for them. I don't I, I don't get it, but this is not this is not John Gibson shuts them down, Anaheim mucks it up, and they own you know 35 shots on goal, but they're all from the outside. The Avs had chances. They just couldn't handle Martin Jones tonight. And for once again, I say they have a sneaky offense problem. We felt a lot better about it after Arizona, but they beat a second and third string backup in Arizona. Now Martin Jones, <laughs> I don't know what you would call him because uh, we can't see him on another team. But, like, the dude's not a good NHL goaltender. Hasn't been for a while. This is not a case of getting getting shut down, Marc-Andre Fleury having a great game. This is a team that wanted to play your way, and you just got punched in the mouth the second half. If there's, a, there's ever a game for them to look in the mirror and say, okay, guys, enough is enough. Are we serious about this or not? It's this one. Yeah, I mean, the Avs got boat raced in the third. Like that, you know, that shouldn't happen at all. And it was embarrassing. It almost looked like the Avs D just got tired from the amount of time the top the top pairing was playing. And then you had some big liabilities back there. I I do want to talk about that a little bit more, but we do need to take our first period break here and get to a couple of other things first. We are sponsored by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can check out the DNVR bar, find eight different brews on tap from Breck Brew there. You can also get their hard seltzer, which is amazing, by the way. Finally had a chance to try some of that the other night. Delicious stuff. Highly recommend. Use the Breck Beer Locator online to find some Breck Beer near you. We are also brought to you guys by the one, the only Strava Craft Coffee. CBD infused, also available at the DNVR bar. Uh, actually, I think they have a new code. Yeah, if you've already gotten use the DNVR20 code your second time, go use code DNVR25 for 25% off your next order of Strava Craft Coffee. So they're hooking up the return users. You can jump on that. Get yourself a good little deal on the CBD-infused coffee. Known to help with many different aches and pains, migraines, IBS, joint pain, back pain, you name it. It's got you covered. All right. Second period. The DNVR Avalanche Podcast. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Going to go ahead and bring on Evan Rowell as he is back from what I'm sure was an exhilarating <laughs> press conference. Did anyone give more than a one-word answer, Evan? Um, yeah, I mean, they were both, as Gerard and Ranton, and they both made it pretty clear that the Avs lost that game themselves when they just just weren't ready to work and play hard defensively. And yeah, Bednar had a lot to say, just said, you know, you know, one of the reporters tried to get him to call out certain players and he just wasn't going to do it. But he said, you know, we've got a lot of players repeating mistakes and we're long enough into the season where this has just got to get cleaned up. So... Yeah, they were uh, not happy tonight. Uh, and there's no real update on Byram, as many would expect. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, nobody was really in a good mood, but 
I think they're all realizing that they kind of choked this one away with a two nothing lead. Just one thing to talk, not talk to a trainer immediately after a game, but to not talk to him before the game either is really working hard. Well, kind of what they said is that Byram came in this afternoon, met with the medical staff, and they medical staff said he's not good enough to play. Like his upper body, something's going on there. How do how do they deem him not good enough to play, but not inform them of why? It's just, yep, his upper body's broken. <laughs> we don't know. I just I love the idea that on a road trip, Bowen Byram leaves the hotel and goes to the arena and like seeks out the medical staff and is like, My upper body is not good to go tonight. <laughs> I need I need treatment. And then they're just like, Okay, we'll tell Betsy. And then trying to picture the conversation where Whichever trainer has the conversation is just like Betsy. Bo's not good tonight. Upper body. <laughs> Figure it out. It's all you get. <laughs> the, the upper body injury is just it's bad in the NHL right now. Just half the league's got an upper body injury. Yeah. yeah. The other the other Frank, half's got lower. Frankie's lower, yeah. right? Oh yeah. I think yeah. everyone else on the Avs is technically upper body. Frankie's is absolutely a hip. Well, there you go. That's my that's my that's my pet theory. <laughs> Pick one. They're putting the titanium hip in. So <laughs> I the fact that they have kept him week to week for this long is already shenanigans, but <laughs> so obnoxious. I, I always say I don't necessarily need to know what the injury is. Just give me an honest like assessment of the timeline. I'm okay yep. with that. Sure. If you're going to tell me that Kale McCarr is day-to-day, have him actually be day-to-day. Not week-to-week. Yeah, not like he's day-to-day, but he's definitely out the next four days. (laughs) He's not even with the team anymore. Yeah, he goes home. (laughs) All right, whatever. So I do want to get back into the defensive conversation, and I want to preface this conversation with what we said in the first period. Look, there's no excuses. They had a 2-0 lead. You should be able to shut that down regardless of personnel. Did Sam Gerrard and Devontae just straight up run out of gas in the third period? Because these guys were pushing 20 minutes of played time at the end of the second period. I mean, they they were getting ridiculous amounts of leaned on by Jared Bednar. And to a lesser extent, Ryan Graves, who I'm sure we'll get into his game a little bit more in a bit. But... You know, you're talking about giving the Avs <laughs> bottom pair 10 minutes of ice time tonight. Like, <laughs> I don't think Taves really looked all that tired, but Gerard looked like they cut to him at the end of the first period and he was just like bent over, huffing for air. As he so, should be. <laughs> yeah. Because his Taves, Taves kind of knows how to, I guess, cons- conserve his energy a little bit more. Whereas Gerard is just, there's so much skating in his game that if you're going to skate that way for two periods, like if he's going to get up to 27 minutes or whatever, he's going to get, like, you're going to notice it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that I first. I thought G fell off hard. Yeah. That first period, it seemed like he was out there the whole time. Every time he turned around, it was back out there. So. Both Taze and G were over nine minutes after the end of the first period. So. Yeah. 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 Taze. Taze. He wasn't on the ice for a goal against. Yeah. He looks. I thought Taves. I, I thought Taves looked totally fine. Yeah. At the end of the game, Taves wasn't on the ice for a goal because Ryan Graves was on the ice for literally all five of the non-empty net goals. <laughs> Does that plus minus come into effect here, AJ? It's all <laughs> minus four tonight. 
that that wild swing at the yeah, buck the, was the like what, was what are you doing like just skate backwards yeah just <laughs> go back and get the puck like if he's if he just keeps going he's probably fine like just chips it onto the boards and he can live to fight another day but like the wild swing as soon as he did that it was done yeah i mean well and then grubauer doesn't help himself when he's like okay I've stopped all the other breakaways by just sitting here and letting them hit me with the puck. <laughs> let me let me let me poke check it and open myself up and seventy percent of the net. Like uh, I'm not gonna get on the the, the, the five hole goal, San Jose's first goal bothered me a hell of a lot more than their breakaway fifth goal. The, the game was over at that point anyway, let's be honest. Um you didn't need to watch tape to know Ryan Graves' weakness was skating. Yeah. All you had to do was have one scouting report on him in the four years he was in the AHL. That transition <laughs> there where he like lost the edge was – I think Timmons bailed him out on that breakaway. Yeah, Timmons got back on that one. Yeah. Made a nice move with the stick to barely break it up. But <laughs> yeah. it, I mean, what's – What's the answer here for Graves? Is the answer that he's just in over his head as a top four defenseman and the Avs can't continue to do that? Is it that simple? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's absolutely that simple where you just you you smooth out the minutes, you stop playing the favorites, and you just shift it into look, we're just trying to we're just trying to survive this. Yeah. Graves yeah. Graves consistency is just all over the place right now. He makes like great plays and then next shift comes out and just Makes horrible decisions, horrible passes. It's it's just all over the place. Mixed bag yeah. with him. And that that was what he excelled with last year. It was just being consistent. Like he didn't do anything that was like gonna rock the boat too much. He was just kind of there. And now it's just like it's just wild fluctuations. And I didn't want to give him term, and the ads gave him term, and I really don't like that contract right now. I but yeah, it's. I, I want to expand the conversation a little bit beyond Graves here because unless you can, we, we kind of already talked about the effort conversation a little bit, but a lot of the problem tonight seems to be just poor decision from, from the abs as a whole. Look at the abs second goal where you get both your defensemen committing. I don't really have a problem with both your defense defensemen committing behind the net, but you have Burakovsky and JT Comfer just standing there in front of the net. Not harassing. Who was it that ended up getting the goal? The bank. Uh, not her. Not they don't even touch him as he just walks right to the front of the crease. <laughs> this isn't complicated stuff. <laughs> that if Berkey is gonna, I don't know what happened leading up to that, but Confer was kind of back in the play on the point, and Berkey was down low for a good while. Like at one point, if you watch it, he's on LeBanc, and then he just kind of like floats away, and I, that's where Comfort kind of tries to go onto LeBanc at the last second, kind of half-heartedly, but if you're going to go down there and play center, like, you got to play center. Well, it's like, well, you if you ask him, okay, you're standing here, what are you trying to take away? Is it not that exact pass? Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. It's okay, so that pass happens. How do you just not do anything? Yeah, that's it. Burakovsky clearly not ready to inter- intercept the pass. Comfort clearly behind the play or or not kept up with the bank, whatever you want to call it. How can you have two major brain farts on the same play there? Like both of those guys can't just go controller disconnected. It, it, to, to me, it looked like Burakovsky rotated over there and Comfort was trying to make up for it. Sure. 
because why else would Burkowski be there? And Confer like Confer's chasing will bank down there, but it I don't first of all, like that's number one, that's a great play. Uh, yeah, from Evander Kane. Like, that's a great pass. pass credit but, credit's due for sure. but but like seriously, Bur- I have way bigger problem with Burakovsky than I do Comfort there because Burakovsky puts himself right no there man, in that space. Basically, yeah. To stop that exact play. You have and then he just, it's the only thing you can do from that position, yeah. And doesn't, doesn't do anything. Yeah. He literally just stood there and watched the rest of it happen. Yep. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> if you watch this, they because once they go to the goal went in, you watch Saad at the point who's on his man. He's like, "What the hell just happened?" Like, <laughs> yeah, that was rough. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. That was kind of the Bednar did say that it was basically their decision making that lost them the game because once it was up two nothing, they tried to score everything off the rush, and when you don't, if you're going to try to score off the rush, you're going to give up some chances too. Um, to me, it's on the a lot is on the forwards tonight. For you have to understand, you don't have a good chunk of your defense. You need to buckle down and be better. And I think AJ said before the game, you know, this is a game your big guys need to win, and they were the worst yeah, players on the ice. Absolutely caved. The top line just got dominated, shift after shift after shift when it came to possession, and they're still. You know, Nathan McKinnon and Miko Ranton, and they get their opportunities. Ranton nearly banked one in, but they didn't put up a goal in a game where if they put up a goal in the second period, the game is over. Yeah. I'm so over watching this McKinnon float to the point thing. Like, Dude, it worked a couple times, and now it's like every shift. It's hard to it's hard to be overly critical of a guy that can just do so many special things, and on some nights it's just like, holy shit for you. But, like, he makes himself easier to defend than any other elite player in the NHL. You know, what? what is it that's so impossible to defend about Connor McDavid in the offensive zone? It's just, it's that he uses his skating the way that he does. He attacks. He knows he's the best skater in the world, and he acts like it. You know, Austin Matthews knows that he's a bully and that he has an elite shot, and he can do whatever he wants, and he acts like it. What's the difference with McKinnon? Him floating out to the point? If he's not scoring in transition, like low key, like the guy is kind of uncomfortable. If he has to, yeah, and, and you almost never see him getting into the middle in front of the net. For a center, he's really perimeter oriented. And it's it's just he does not have that that same kind of bulldog mentality every single night. Where even when it's not working for him. He's still getting in the middle of things. He's still forcing teams to defend him in a certain way. He floats out to the point and he just he waits for something to happen. Now there were, you know, he did draw a penalty when he when he was in the middle of everything. He cuts through all their guys and Matt Nieto hacks his hands and they draw a penalty. And it's like there you go. Like it's you kind of you figure this is this is kind of an issue right here. But he spends a lot of time on the outside and on nights where he's not playing very well like tonight it feels like it's really, really obvious. Would you feel like Rance is doing the same thing too? Yeah, with Ranton, and I think he's spending a lot more time trying to go one on three yeah. because he loves he loves that cut in against the grain while everybody is skating this way, and then he cuts against the grain, and it creates all kinds of shooting lanes and all kinds of problems for the defense. But the key is that he has to dance through three guys, <laughs> and if those guys stop doing what they're doing and they're just like. Oh, let's just take the puck from him. It's a lot easier to defend. 
the thing with Rantanen is he's <clears throat> trying to do that while at the same time consistently passing up the obvious shot to take. Yeah. It feels like yeah. at, at times it feels like that top line is just running themselves into a brick wall because they work it around to Rantanen and he won't shoot the puck. Yeah, well, and so a great example of this. Think about the power play goal that they scored in Arizona yep. where they won the faceoff, they moved the puck, Rantanen shoots it immediately, and Landis got banged on the, the rebound. rebound. Yep. And you're just like, wow, boy, that looks really easy when they do it that way. <laughs> and then tonight, the power play, the first power play attempt of the night, how does it start? They win the power play, or they win, they win the faceoff, it goes back, Rantanen gets it, he has the same exact setup. He yep. can walk in and shoot it. What does he do? He passes it back to the point. And, and like they, ultimately it ended up working out and you know they ended up scoring at the very, very, very end of it. Whatever. But it was just like that's not and it's not that's not a Ray Bennett thing. Ray Bennett's not the man on the ice with the puck deciding not to shoot it. That's not Ray Bennett. Like I get that there are Ray Bennett issues, but that's not one of them. That's not that's Ray Bennett's not the guy with the puck making that decision. Yeah. It's like like ranted it just randomly. Like this is what this is the difference between him scoring 30 and him scoring 50 in an 82 game season. Because he just doesn't have that mentality. You have one of the best shots in the NHL, bro. Fire away, dog. This seems like in the past too, he's dropped that shoulder and created chaos in front of the net, right? Like he goes in, takes a shot if there's a rebound. You know, it's just chaos because they the D has to drop back with them, so there's openings in the slot for guys to take advantage of that. And this year, you're seeing them just curl to the boards and make that pass back. It's my biggest problem with the top line in general this season is that they have become way too comfortable on the outside. Yeah. All right, chat. I know you've been looking forward to us ripping the abs a new one on this podcast <laughs> for a while this season. So be sure to like and subscribe to mm. the YouTube channel for the quality content that you're looking for. It does a bunch for us if you do that. Of course, you can always watch on YouTube. Highly recommend to catch it live that way. If you can't watch live, you can watch it on replay. Or if you're on the go, you can always get the podcast format as well. We got you covered top to bottom with that. Uh, Producer Allie, can you confirm to me if we do or do not have any Oh Boy shirts left? I'm not actually – I know we're close to selling out, but there might be a few Oh Boy shirts left if you want to – Go in and get yourself a few. Now might be the time. We're, we're checking on it right now. All I'm saying is it might be sold out. So if, if there are some left, hit the purchase button. Get on it. Do that. Uh, <laughs> we are also sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. They've always got you covered with amazing odds boosts all over the place, left and right. They will take care of you and basically give you free money from time to time as well. So make sure you jump on your opportunities when they are out there. Last weekend, they were basically giving away a hundred bucks to anyone who bet on just about any basketball game. So uh, highly recommend that one. This weekend, they have UFC 259. All you have to do is pick your favorite fighter in the main event to land a punch. One. One punch to turn $1 into $100 when you sign up with a new account with code DNVR. Man, so, how crazy would that be if you can't land a punch? <laughs> zero punches. <laughs> it's probably not going to be like uh, like Tyson in his heyday where it's like an 11-second fight. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, oh, that it actually was kind of tough to land a punch there. 
yeah, not UFC fights don't go like that very often. <laughs> you're you're usually getting into a little bit of a brawl. So if they fail to land one punch, I mean, you're not in the main event, right? At that point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I took the over tonight, by the way. Five well, and a half goals. At, at least you cashed. I thought it was going to be you the other way around. Over in every Sharks game ever. It does not matter who the opponent is. Just take the over. Yeah, I saw Smash that, that over, dog. It averages like seven and a half goals a game yeah. every Sharks game. They just came off a seven to six game against St. Louis, who I think won five to four tonight. Like they had another crazy barn burner. Yeah. Yeah. The Blues. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah, all the good bets here. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn that $1 into $100 on the main event this weekend. Excuse me. Limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. I just want to see if this is true real quick. By DraftKings Sportsbook. AJ is looking up something here. <laughs> Who knows? Chad is like, the Avs don't shoot enough on the power play. And I'm actually just kind of curious I don't... where they are in shots per 60 on a power play. I'm going to be on, like, despite the conversation we just had, I think the power play has been pretty okay. Okay, so um, this is a <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. It's always funny when you think, like, you're like, this is a problem. And then you go and you look it up, and it's like, huh. That's interesting. <laughs> because uh, shots per 60 for the abs, shots on goal per 60 for the abs, uh, just on the power play, not necessarily five on four, just on the power play so far yep. this year. They're third in the NHL. Which That's is the funny good. thing. Like the abs, uh the abs power play, their underlying numbers on the power play have actually been excellent this season. But we're ignoring that because it's still early in the year. And the past seasons, their underlying numbers haven't been good. They also had that five goal game on the power play, which of course, will forever inflate their numbers. And, and let's be honest, the power play wasn't the problem tonight. Essentially, yeah. both of the Avs' goals were yeah. power play goals. They only got credit for the one, but essentially, it does have two. It did have two goals tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the top run, unit was kind of second. buzzing in the second period. They had, so they had some good runs there. Yeah, and Kadri could have had like five goals in this. Kadri has missed a lot of goals, <laughs> a lot of chances <laughs> in the last week or so. So. I mean, how much of how much of that is a problem? Are we still seeing some shooting percentage issues for the Avs, or are they just not converting chances that they should be? Where where is the line of of when do they get a pass on this this sneaky offensive problem you've called it? Age? When is the pass up and they have to just finish? And this isn't just a, oh they're not shooting. I don't think it's I don't think it's a pass. I don't think you ever get a pass when you have problems. Okay. Um, you always need to be working on trying to figure your stuff out. Um, I, 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 I mean, it's causing them issues, man. They're 11, seven and one. And that's like, if they were 13, five and one, how different do we feel? To like you obviously are feeling right a lot better. So you win tonight's game and you win the, the LA game that you were up to nothing. Instead of blowing those two games and letting them come from behind. You win both of those games and you're fine, right? Yeah. You're tied. You're tied for first. Yeah, 
And you're not even, you know, you're not worrying about me. You know, you're you're still in your own whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do think, I, I mean, I do think that they, it needs to be better. Like we saw tonight, like Martin Jones again for the second time in a week, a, a goaltender turned Nazem Kadri into his own personal highlight reel. <laughs> you know, good on Kadri for getting the opportunities and all, but like this is a guy that you're relying on to score goals. To beat a goaltender, he scored he needs, a goal. Needs to be more of like a yeah, <laughs> needs to be more of like the thirty goal guy and not like a seventeen goal guy. You know, like you're relying on him to to be that guy. He's gonna be more like a seventeen goal guy. You have a two center. You have a two C problem again. Um, but the, like, it it's it's kind of. Team wide, you know, and McKinnon only has what five goals this year now. Yep. Uh, Landeskog just picked up the two goals in the last two games, but they both have come within two feet of the net. Yep. He's not, he hasn't, you know, those two goals, the wraparound goal against John Gibson. How many times has Gabe Landeskog just beaten a goaltender? And this is, this is where I think they're struggling is outside of McKinnon, Rantanen, and Burakovsky. Some of these guys that you brought in to score goals just aren't scoring very many of them. They're not beating goalies. JT Comfer had a had a great clean look, and one of the reasons that you paid him the money that you paid him is because for a bottom six guy, he can beat a goalie every once in a while. It's not happening. We when we did the preseason stuff about the bottom six, the one thing I pointed out was that everyone in the bottom six last year had a really high shooting percentage. Yeah, uh, except for Jost, who's kind of always been around the same thing. It's not happening this year. Like. Except for Donskoy, who's shooting like thirty percent, you have Comfer, yeah. who really isn't even getting shots on net. Like he has a low shooting percentage, but he's not like there's he's not getting chances outside of like the chance tonight. He's not really creating yeah. much. Um, Belmar has. We all expected him to fall back down. Uh, Calvert, when he was healthy, creating chances, but he's not. He's not a finisher. That's just not what he's always been in his life, and. Yeah, we're it's kind of seeing, I guess, the opposite of what they had last year, where everyone was shooting a super high percentage. Cadre had seven shots on net tonight. Yeah. So, well, that's the that's the thing is like, uh, of all the nights to talk about the power play, and almost all of those shots on goal are going to come on the power play. Almost all the McKinnons came on the power play. Yep. Like at even strength, both of those guys just weren't very good. Yeah. Uh, the top line spent eighty percent of its time on ice in its own zone on at five on five. So. Yeah, and we don't see McKinnon's line get crushed like this very often. Yeah, where they just—I mean, the Logan Couture line just ate them up. That would have been that would have been if if you're looking for Jared Bednar to make an adjustment, don't. Don't don't keep running your yeah. head into that matchup. Yeah, if you're you have a new you have a chance to get him out there in the neutral zone. Maybe hang on to him for an extra minute <laughs> and let the couture line go. Try to try to miss them if you can. <laughs> you know, because they were just they were just whooping that ass tonight. And at some point, like you gotta you gotta move away from it, right? I I mean a couple other topics tonight uh, since we're on Jared Bednar. No, you, he's still not in jeopardy. Not not where I wanted to go. That's We're not even close <laughs> to having that conversation. The conversation I did want to have is Avs come out, get smoked early in the third period. They give up a goal four minutes in. 
do you consider using your timeout right there? Yeah, I guess maybe. I mean, my my big problem is that we've seen it through Bednar's whole tenure. It's like this team just can't come back in the third period. Uh, the lack of, I guess, adjustments. It seems, you know, the whole McKinnon going to the outside, like that That seemed like what they really defaulted to in the third period. Like that's kind of like their comfort food. It's just these perimeter shots. And when you're down, do you think that, the opposing team is going to just let you in the slot. Like they're going to let, let, if you're going to shoot from the point all day, they're going to take it. Like that's not going to bring you back from anything. I don't think a timeout was going to help them tonight. They had a 20 minute timeout called the second intermission. And the very first shift in the third period of Ander Kane gets a wide open look on the doorstep. So I don't think I don't, I don't, for me, I don't have an issue with the timeouts tonight. Um, just knowing that, the problems that were plaguing them after they got up to nothing continued. They had, they had issues at two nothing. Those issues continued the entire third period. It just never got better. You know, defensively, some of that is a talent problem because you have all these other guys, right? But they, the I, I agree with what Evan said earlier. The forwards just hung them out to dry at times for sure. Yeah, team defense. Didn't do anything to help him. Just didn't do anything to help him. Okay. I I do want to say that I'd like Timmons in the third period. Like, all of a sudden he starts playing and he's skating a little bit more. Like, I mean, that was what he did the other, like, the other night when I liked him in the first period is when he's at least trying to be aggressive. I will take that over him sitting back and just making these timid mistakes. Well, he's not going to, he's not going to be successful playing that way. He's Connor Timmons is never going to be successful playing a, a controlled, like very calm game. The only way he's going to be successful in the NHL because of the physical limitations with his feet. And I mean, he, this, he has to he has to attack. It it kind of circles back to the conversation we were having in the first period, where yes, I get the ads are down three defensemen here, but. <sighs> If you're legitimately talking about playing a guy less than 10 minutes as a defenseman in an NHL game, what are we doing here? Yeah. You might as yeah. well run five defensemen at that point. Like, they did it with two guys. They played yeah, four I, defensemen. That's tonight. what I'm saying. And, like, of course Sam Gerrard's going to run out of gas when you're doing that. Like, the Avs dug their own hole in that regard. Uh, strategically, I guess. Yeah, and and... I think, to be honest with you, when you give up the lead, yep. it makes it harder to throw out Dan Renuff because, you know, and in, you know, any of those guys, honestly, it makes it harder to because you, you're not expecting that those guys are going to give you much of anything offensively. You're just not, it's not, you know, it's not what they do. It's not who they are, even in the AHL, you know, like you'd, when you cough up the when you have a two nothing lead, you should be smoothing out the minutes and yep. you know a more conservative like just kind of gear it down just a touch. Stop trading chances. They're only the their their best chances are coming off of your mistakes. Stop playing like that. I mean, the game winning goal is an own goal in yeah. the, in this game. Yeah, and that's I mean that's that's bad luck where sure. you're like. They were this is the third game in a row that they've scored a goal on themselves. Yep. 
Byram, Saad the other night, and now Kadri tonight. Those ones are the worst, though, when it's on the stick and a guy sees it and just chops at it, knowing that the puck's going to go yeah. close to the net. You know. It was so funny to listen to the San Jose broadcast, like, I think Meyer got a piece of that. <laughs> like, guys. Uh, it, that was, scored on his own goal. Come on. That, that was more of a, oh, that's the goal they're going to score? Because they, they could have scored like three or four times before. Yeah, that. yeah much better <laughs> opportunities than that. For well, sure. Vegas had a goal like that last year where Zadorov scored into his own net and Will Carrier slapped Zadorov's stick. Yeah. <laughs> Way more of a legit argument there than like San Jose's guys tonight being like, Demo Meyer. <laughs> and it was like, fellas, come on. Still credited to Balsers, by the way. So It's because it was his goal. Kadri yeah. <laughs> scored that shit. The fake crowd, I don't know, maybe he was just a San Jose broadcast, but the fake crowd yeah. guy there is awesome. He was cheering like, for every av shot. Well, I like, know, but like when McKinnon spun that Alex true guy down to the ice the crowd went like "Ooh!" i was like whoa this is way more advanced than the abs that fake crowd was just like oh. it's like a constant like screaming i was gonna say something about that too because early on it seemed like he was just grasping at anything like you know like they'd clear the zone and it was like crowd would go wild yeah that first period was kind of a mess <laughs> um yeah i'd it is it is weird, like after also all these other rinks have had two months to figure out how to do this. Uh and San Jose has only just gotten to start playing games there like kind of semi recently, so it's like they're still figuring out their whole COVID crowd noise thing, and you're just like, okay. That I actually thought there were fans there because of the different types of responses they were putting out there. I was like, wait, are there fans there? This is California. They can't be. My, my favorite part of the fake crowd stuff is when you get to the, when, when we have to work the games at Paul Arena and you get there early and they're like testing them out. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, okay. There's nothing going on in the arena. It's all dark. There's no music and they're just testing out fake crowd reactions. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is so weird. Bring me back true on ice sound please so let me have that forever yeah the um, nice thing is i think i think fans and uh, i think fans have pushed back on it enough that they've lowered the volume in most of them where it's just like passable yeah yeah where you can hear a lot more i know at ball arena you can hear a lot more than those first couple well, they of tried games. to like deafen you that first game <laughs> Dude, that first game like i was actually i was having a, I was having a serious problem <laughs> So it's, All right. it's definitely, it's, it's weird. Let's move into final thoughts on this game because it's almost Tuesday at this point on the podcast. Uh, six, two loss, six unanswered goals against a team that's sub 500, obviously not acceptable from the abs, but where do you go from here? Back to the hotel. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. No, seriously. I'm I know. Not, like I'm not being a smart ass. Like you go back to the hotel and you just, you need to have. You need to decide. I, this is a team. Like, look, it's not. It's it's still early, but it's not like early anymore. They they need to decide how serious they are about this. Their division has ended up more competitive, top to bottom, than was expected. It's a huge cluster. They're still in the postseason, which again, after nineteen games, like K. 
it's also not that particularly in jeopardy, I don't think, even after this loss. But Yeah, right. Um, that 12 out of 16, they're yeah. now 2-2 two and two to start it. So they now need to win. They now need to win 10 out of 12, 10 out of 12. I was, I was double checking my math to make sure that was correct. <laughs> you just they say it. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. You just own it. Okay. Look, look, you just have two, five and one stretches. Yep. It's that there easy, you go. right? Just two, five and one stretches. Um, I have 10 out of 10 out of the next 12. That's, that's what we talked about that they should reasonably expect from themselves. It's not even us being like, they're so amazing. They should do this. Like, that's that should be that should be right in the ballpark of what they view as possible from themselves against this get this particular part of the schedule. All these home games, like they got one more road game, and then they start the crazy stretch of home games for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, the, the prescription's not complicated, right? Doctor Dubs cures everything. Yeah, <laughs> like go back to the hotel. Have a conversation. Have a have an have an ugly conversation tomorrow about you know, when you're doing video review. You know, Bender would never admit to it publicly. He will never know if it ever actually happens. But he needs to chew. He, he needs to chew somebody out tomorrow. You know, maybe maybe it needs to be Ryan Graves where he gets on him and he's like, "Look, you're a guy that came back from last year and you've gotten a long leash. It's up. The only reason you're in the lineup is because I can't put someone else in right now." It's up. You we need better from you, and then, bam! Throw up a picture of four other dudes. We need better from you and you and you and you, and then go through the whole team because this was a team wide disaster tonight. This was a team wide failure on every level, every single position, forward to defense to goaltender. At all three levels of that team, failed tonight, and they need to own that, and they need to decide who they are. Are you guys happy with being? a frustratingly talented but inconsistent club or are you guys going to you guys going to put your foot down on a weaker division and start to win some damn games yeah i think someone in the chat said can this team go on a run we'll see they were on a run before the covid thing hit like they yeah. were they were rolling um if you know if i'm bedner i i sit down on the forwards and i just say listen we're playing dan Renov right now like you guys what happened against – I understand Arizona's not as good a team, at, at least offensively, as San Jose, but when Miska was in net, they gave up nothing. Like, And a lot of that is just because the forwards were just so much better defensively. Like, If it's only one – like, we don't know if Byram's going to be back. He didn't really say anything about it. If he's not back, you got to sit down the forwards and say, listen, we just need you guys to be smarter. Like, we can beat these teams without these defensemen. We're still good enough, but we need you guys to bu- just – buckle down offensively and that's how we're going to have to do it. Yeah. I, I, you know, I would say that this is the game where it's don't believe your own hype, you know, that they still have to go out. The abs have to work hard. They have to do the right things to be successful. And right now it, it almost feels like when you're watching it, they just think that they're going to come in and blow teams out because of, you know, past results. And the, the problem is, is that it's inconsistency with them. They're just going through and they're, you know, you basically say this is a game that they're going to win, and then this happens. You know, when they were playing that way, because there was a moment in this game where that happened, uh, they were they were doing all the right things. They were up to nothing. Yeah. And then they stopped. They, yeah, they stopped playing. They stopped playing that way. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say I think the Avs felt like 
And I think we kind of probably felt like if the Avs got another goal, this game was over. Yeah. And yeah. what happened is that the Avs pushed so much that they just kind of abandoned playing defense. Yeah. And that's as soon as they got and, San Jose got the next goal, then the game changed. And look, I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but the Avs play every other day or more for the rest of the year. Injuries are going to be part of the bag. You're just yeah. going to have to play through them. Like, yeah. Um, I, I'm, to, to be honest, look, there's a couple of injuries that uh, this team just simply cannot survive long term. There is, there aren't any injuries that they can't survive short term. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Kale McCarr day to day. That's, you know, if he ends up missing you a month, be without it changes, him for a week. Yeah. It changes the scope of the conversation. If they if they miss, he's out for two San Jose games. Kale McCarr cannot be the difference between you handily beating San Jose like in January. Or, or collapsing in the third them. period. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the I'm not I'm, I'm not going to say Wednesday Wednesday's game is a must win, but I think it's going to be the kind of game that gives you a little insight into the character of the club of the club. How do they respond? Because there there shouldn't be anybody in the world angrier at tonight's result than they are. They sh- they're, they're you know Bender shouldn't even have to say anything to these guys. They know they've set the standard for themselves. They know, and I, I'm, tonight was just. Yep. This is, these are these are the kinds of losses that drive you crazy. This for is sure. this is the worst loss of the year for me. If you want more info on this loss tonight, we'll have Evans' grades up, AJ's post game piece, my video, all coming up later tonight. You can always catch those in the morning as well. Always great stuff over at the DNVR. Highly recommend. We'll be live with a podcast 1 p.m. tomorrow too. So, yeah. We'll keep pumping out the content no matter what the Avs games look like. Hopefully Wednesday is a response game for them. I've seen everyone's asking about it. Right now the plan is I'm going to wear the Daisy Dukes for Saturday's show. <laughs> that may change depending on what happens this weekend, what happens this week. But, yeah. So come ready, come ready to party Saturday. That's all I'm saying. Wednesday, Friday, serious time. Avs need to get their stuff together. They need to get going the right direction. We'll break all that down for you. Saturday, you can come make fun of my butt. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I was gonna say, I'm um, no comment. AJ's I'm like, gonna... I'm working that game. That's Evan's problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. P- yeah. P.S. Don't leave after the show. <laughs> log that's, off right now <laughs> tonight thank you for watching listening however you consume the podcast we appreciate all of y'all i saw at least one new dnvr subscriber in the chat so thank you very much it's not your that. fault they lost <laughs> ha ever the non-superstitious one it's, i'm gonna pull up the pull up the 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 scene from goodwill hunting where Robin Williams it's not is your telling fault. You, it's not your fault. <laughs> we got a tweet where somebody was like, oh, we're, we're they're owing one since I subbed to the site. It's all it's on me. It's it's not, it's not your fault. <laughs> we're gonna get through this. All right, Chad. It's not your fault. On that note, thank you again, and we will catch you guys tomorrow. <laughs>